It's time for the SPN Bushy Show. Here's your host, SPN Bushy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a special holiday edition of the SP and Bushy Show. I'm SP's Bushy Bushy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays, my man. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, to you as well. I mean, I know, I know you're still kind of new to this whole Christmas thing, man. Are you, are you still enjoying it? Oh, absolutely. It's fun, you know, putting up the tree, doing all the uh, stuff that I never got to do. Ooh, it's time consuming, but it's, you know, it's, it's worth it in the end because it's fun to see it and crash out in front of it. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, obviously Christmas is, uh, you know, as we're recording this, uh, four days away. So just just getting all excited. I mean, here we go in the holiday season. I mean, it's just I mean, it's taken a little bit of lackluster because I work in retail. So it's just like, uh, you know, that type of thing. So but still trying to get in the spirit, um, you know, trying to try to watch some amazing movies and all that. If, you know, uh, uh, obviously in our first podcast, you know, for the bowl preview, we talked about Die Hard a lot. So, you know, got to watch, got to watch the Die Hard. Oh yeah, absolutely. Got to watch them. I mean, you got to watch at least the first four of them. They're all good. First two <laughs> yeah, are Christmas movies though. Yes. The first two are Christmas movies. I mean, it's just, I think a lot of people, I know one gets like all the, you know, all the attention, but it's just, I think people forget like, yeah, two is kind of a, uh, Two is a Christmas movie as well because it takes place, yes, right around Christmas is Christmas time as well. And there's a, a lot more snow in two than there is in with one. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the scene has changed to Washington, D.C., and it's an airport. But, I mean, it's the same great stuff you expect from a diehard movie. It's fantastic action. And once again, he's trying to reunite with his wife on Christmas. And so he's just trying to overcome the obstacles to do that, thus making it a Christmas movie. Exactly. Yes, and somehow the somehow she's stuck in the uh, she's stuck in the plane with the uh, reporter from <laughs> from the first one. I mean, what, what are the odds with that happening? I mean, seriously, what's the odds? That's 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 <laughs> like five hundred thousand to one or something like that. That's the bad part of the movie. It's like they felt like they had to find a way to shoehorn in the reporter guy from the first one. Yes, even though I mean I, it works well, and the dynamic of her kind of beating him up at the end works. But at the end of the day, it was the odds of it happening are a million to one. Should never happen. I know it's it's just crazy. I mean, it's just like okay, this guy's an LA reporter. I mean, it's like what is he, what is he doing in uh, you know Washington D.C. You know that type of thing. I mean, it's just crazy, and it, it just, I just don't understand it. Like it just and they happen to be in the same plane at the you know going on the same flight at the same time. You know, going to the exact same city. Yeah, like I said, that one that one was a little well, I said, it's not like he's flying from Colorado Springs or something where you're like running into people like you may know. Like LA is massive and the odds of them both flying to Washington DC, yeah, that's a huge plot hole. Plot hole. Yeah, it is a huge plot hole and um you know, I, I always like I, I like the I like the bad guys too of two as well. Oh, I mean I mean I don't get me wrong, they're not they're no Hans Gruber or anything like that yeah. or you know, European you know, an all-star team, a European terrorist, you know, but I always liked the second uh, ones as well. I, I, you know, I always enjoyed two. I, I, I always liked two. I think two is a very underrated, like amazing action movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, like you said, they already did the European thing great in the first one. So I like that they did kind of like the U S military guys going rogue 
in the second one. I think that was a good choice. I think it was well done. Uh, the idea of introducing the bad guy doing naked yoga was kind of weird, but uh, or naked Tai Chi or whatever he's doing, kind of weird. But still, I mean, aside from that, it was well done. Yeah, the only thing, the, the only worst part about it is that we don't really get a, a ton of Reginald Val Johnson, really. I mean, that's the only yeah, part. Yeah. Yeah, we, I feel like we needed more Reginald Val Johnson rather than just like the one scene Absolutely. where it's like, oh, remember, hey, they're still kind of buddies. I, I want them to be kind of part of it. I would have loved her, him to be stuck in the airplane, too, with, you know, with the reporter and, and uh, Bruce Willis's wife. Right, or he could have been stuck up there with, uh, with uh, his wife instead of... Uh... Instead of the reporter guy, because then they would have made more stakes for John McClane. But like I said, I like that they found at least a spot for him to get in. It was yeah, they did. no Reginald Bell Johnson at all. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I would I would have loved to if they had maybe the uh, <laughs> the deputy detective too. I mean, but you know what? If the reporters <laughs> at the plane just add the deputy detective too. Okay, let's just get, let's just get let's just get every let's just bring everybody back. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's somehow really they're in this plane together. <laughs> <laughs> that's really shoehorning everyone in. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's just shoehorn in everybody, you know, as far as with that. But yeah, all all in all, two great Christmas movies. Absolutely, both fantastic. Obviously, I mean, I guess, and I mean, I think in the first one, a lot of the kills are like very okay. He just shoots the guy, kills. Which is good, and it adds to the realism of the action. But, I mean, in the second one, you had some very, like, graphic and kind of over-the-top kills, too. Oh, yeah, just very over-the-top, yeah. I mean, if uh, really, it feels like a real action movie where I feel like that could happen with the first Die Hard with, like, you know, I, with, with, uh, there's some over-the-top stuff and stuff, but you feel like most of the stuff, yeah, that's kind of believable. Yeah, with two, it's kind of like an 80s unbelievable action movie, you know, where it's just right. like, you know, you know, kind of getting in that Schwarzenegger commando kind of way where it's just him against an entire army and somehow Schwarzenegger wins. That's true, yeah. I mean, he does kind of shove the one guy into, like, the luggage thing. <laughs> like, the luggage sorter. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's some there's some there's some deaths in that one. So, who do you like better? Did you like the deputy the deputy chief in Die Hard One or Dennis Franz's character in uh, Die Hard Two? I mean, I go with the deputy deputy chief. Dennis Franz in Die Hard Two is basically just doing an impression of the deputy chief. Okay, <laughs> what about you? I you know what I I, I like Dennis Franz for some reason. Like I, I don't get me wrong, I love. I love the deputy chief, you know, even though, yes, he's been, you know, just basically an a-hole in every movie he's in. Yeah. Um, still, it's not his peak a-holeness, though, uh, yeah. in, in a movie. It, it, it has to be Johnny B. Good, though. It's Johnny B. Good over, over, um, over the Breakfast Club to me. Like, he, you know, at least, at least the guy has at least a little bit of sympathy or something like that in the Breakfast Club. But Johnny B. Good, that guy's just like to a total dick. Like, he's seriously, like, he just... He really is. He's just a total asshole, total dick. All, all he cares about is, is, is himself. Um, my favorite Paul Gleason thing, I mean, obviously he's great and diehard, but uh, it's going to be a movie that we're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about later in this podcast, and that is the film Trading Places. And he is a classic a-hole in that one as well. He's got very few scenes, but he's a great a-hole in that one as well. 
Yes, he's an amazing uh, a-hole in, in that. And, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, uh, but I think his most a-holeness, I think, is in Johnny B. Good. I actually really like him in National Lampoon's Band Wilder. He's in it he is good, as well as, as the teacher. And I, I actually really like him in the, in the role, too, even though it's, like, very, very limited as well. Yeah. It, it's just great to kind of see him again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always good to see Paul Gleason, the late Paul Gleason. So. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just weird too. It just sucks that they, you know, with, they really got rid of all the Christmas elements in the Die Hard movies. You know, it's like one, two was Christmas. Right. I feel like Die Hard with a Vengeance had taken in, taken in a place, you know, in Christmas, live free or die hard, a good day to die hard. You know, I feel, I feel like it would have been tough. It'd be like, okay, come on. How many times is this going to happen to him on Christmas? Like, it's enough that it's already happening to him that many times. But, again, to have it happen every time on Christmas, that's a little bit pushing it. <laughs> like, if they did a sixth one and now it was Christmas, then then I'd be okay with it. But I'm okay with it being away from being on Christmas for, like, you know, a few years. Yeah, now it's like Christmas time with Die Hard or something like that. That's what it should be. <laughs> a Die Hard Christmas. Silent Night, Die Hard Night. There, there you go. He has a he has a machine gun now. Ho ho ho! That should that should yeah that should be the. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it is it is it is amazing. I can't believe there's people out there that don't think it's like a Christmas movie. Like seriously, there's all these references to Christmas. They're at a Christmas party. Like yeah, it's Christmas in L.A. Okay, yes, there's no snow, but I I just don't get it with people. But again, I mean, the nature of the plot, I mean, once again, you go back and it's like Ru Rudolph and all these other ones or like Elf, even. It's about at Home Alone, all these ones that are considered Christmas classics. It's all about them trying to reunite with their families on Christmas. And at the end of the day, that is what Die Hard is about. He's trying to reunite with his wife on Christmas. On Christmas, yeah. It, there, there just happens. Maybe different, whether it's two thieves at home alone or the uh, the New York City or the park rangers, the Central Park Park Rangers and Elf, like that are trying to stop them. The obstacles may be different, but it's the same concept of trying to reunite with your family and family being so important at the holidays. Exactly. Yes, and he he just happens to have to take down an all an all star team of of European terrorists. That's really just the the whole case. He's just trying to reunite with his family. So just because the thieves he's trying to take down are better thieves than Harry and Marv from Home Alone, it's not a Christmas movie. Come on. I know it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, also, also, I, I, you know, I was just kind of thinking about this because I was watching the two Home Alone movies last week. Uh, they were on. I had to watch them. I mean, it's oh, just like these guys are supposedly nonstop. These guys are, oh yeah, these guys are supposed to be like these. Apparently, these I guess smart criminals because they've avoided the law a, a while now, and obviously they found a way to break out of jail. But they can't outsmart uh, you know like an eight nine year old. You know that that that's always like a weird thing to me. Like it's just like okay, they're smart enough to you know get out of jail, and but they can't outsmart a nine year old. Was apparently this amazing genius, you know, conjure up these traps. Yeah. Well, I mean, once again, if we're going to talk about plot holes, like, let's talk about it. Because, like, one, the second one, the odds of them trying to rob New York when he's there, 
Like it's one oh yeah, it's just crazy. Like you'd all, almost been better off going with different thieves trying to do something in there. And it's like the same. Like he even plays like the same tape of the guy with the machine gun to fool like the hotel security people. Like it's basically the same movie over again. Which I mean, I guess the detractors might say the same thing about Die Hard two as well. But like I said, and then like the person that he's afraid of ends up saving him at the end with the bird lady. And like, again, he somehow magically he sets up all these traps in like three hours. It would take way longer to do that. And especially too, he has probably, uh, doesn't, it doesn't know really the, it doesn't know really the house yeah. in the second one compared to the first one. Okay. You kind of get it. You kind of know where everything is. I assume they've been, you know, living in this house at least for a good three, four years now. Yeah. Um, I, I, we assume um and you know with the second one yeah it's his uncle's house and it's getting remodeled you know how does he know where everything is right how does he even find it in new york i mean the odds of him even being able to track it down and all this stuff i mean well he has his dad's uh he has his dad's uh bag that's the reason why so he could get the batteries for his amazing talk boy right but in any event i mean yeah the fact that he like knows where everything is and is able to like rig it in three hours is just amazing also because they lost kevin in the first one should they be like extra like secret like okay where's kevin you know should they be like just on constant watch you know one of the parents is just on constant watch like okay where's kevin where's kevin right (laughs) or kevin be in front of everything (laughs) right exactly (laughs) you know that's the case i I guess we're just gonna be like this Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's ridiculous too, and like, I mean, you talk about shoehorning it in. It felt like okay, like they're just shoehorning it into the same place and all the same characters, almost in the same positions. You're right. It's the basically yeah. You're right. It's uh, don't get me wrong. I love both of them. It it just happens. Yeah, the plot of Home Alone two is just the plot of Home Alone one, except it's yeah. in New York this time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally all it is. That's all of it. <laughs> Uh, but i still love it all great classics great movies i'll watch it anytime <laughs> i mean i'll watch home alone i feel like i haven't watched home alone two in a while because like i said it gets a little bit crazy. like it gets a little bit it's not bad i i like i i actually really enjoyed watching it again home alone two. also you would think like at this point that joe pesci's character would be like okay this kid stopped us last time maybe we should just shoot him in the face this time Either that or just just not mess with them. It's just like, okay, screw this kid. Right. Like let, let's just go to go let's just go to Miami or let's just go to, you know, Nicaragua or something. Let's just get out of the country. Let's yeah, let's just shoot him in the face and throw him in front of a subway car. Make sure he- well, I mean he does pull out the gun, but apparently, you know, his fingers are just all jam you know. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> these guys He's these amazing criminals day. don't have any guns whatsoever. Like, and someone on the streets of New York with a gun isn't that, like, out of place. So. No, I no, definitely not. <laughs> and there's probably several pawn shops that will wave. Oh, yeah, you guys used to be in jail, you know? Especially in New York, yeah. Especially New York in the early 90s, yeah. I'm sure there's some places you can find a gun. Oh, easily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can keep like just you know picking, pointing out our uh, plots and uh, plot holes in uh, Christmas movies, or we can. Uh, we initially said we were going to do our favorite Christmas scenes in non-Christmas movies. 
Um, I'll, I can, I mean, did you want to still stick with that? Yes, I'm down with that as well. Um, really with the, with the idea, I'm, I'm just going to start it off really. I mean, what came with the idea with me, uh, I was watching Mean Girls uh, a few weeks back and obviously the, uh, the scene, you know, with the winter's ball, you know, with the, with obviously Lindsay Lohan and the, and the plastics together playing Jingle Bell Rock uh, as far as with that. And it's just like, and it's just like amazing. And it really kind of dawned on me. I'm like, okay, this is a Christmas scene in a non-Christmas movie, you know? So it just made me kind of think about it because there are a lot of movies that have Christmas scenes, but they're, they're not considered Christmas movies. So I feel like, you know, everybody talks about, you know, everybody talks about, you know, oh, what are all-time classics or something like that? We like the zag here or something like that, you know? And, yeah. and let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about Christmas scenes in non-Christmas movies. We, I mean, you and I already did best sports scenes in a non-sports movie too, so. Absolutely. Now this, I feel like this is our forte. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, love, love the Mean Girls thing. It's still a classic to this day. I mean, it's, it's always funny and really kind of help, helps with the plot, I guess, a, a little bit. And does it, and, and it doesn't hurt too, you know, you know, all the girls are very attractive and they look great in their Santa outfits as well. I know we're, 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 we're guys. Let's just put it that way. We're guys. Can't, can't hurt to look at an attractive woman. Right. Absolutely. And let's be honest. We're guys. I mean, obviously the girls are attractive, as you mentioned in the Mean Girls scene. And then on top of it, too, this movie came out when we were like 15, like yeah. 16 years old. So, yeah, so again, this is like right at that age where like, oh, yeah, this is this is like the perfect scene for us at the time, obviously. And it is a funny scene, too. You ever like kind of kicking the jukebox into the guy's face. Still <laughs> enjoyable. Oh, yeah, it's always enjoyable, and I always enjoy Amy Poehler kind of doing the dance choreography as well in the, in the, uh, in the aisle way, you know. It's always, it's always a great time, and also just seeing the look on, like, Neil Flynn's face, uh, just, like, shock and horror of what Lindsay Lohan's doing with the dance of Jingle Bell Rock. Like, I feel like he's, like, every kind of conservative horrified dad. Horrified dad, yeah. Yeah, horrified conservative dad, yeah. It was just, it's, it was it's all in all an amazing scene. It's a great scene, like I said, and I mean, all four actresses seem to have really good chemistry in this one, too. And so I think that helped the scene, too. I think all four of them really played their part well. Yeah, well, and uh, give shout outs, too, for, you know, kind of that kind of that scene before where you have where you have Damien seating uh, Christina Hagler is beautiful. <laughs> it's just so funny that he's chucking the shoe at the guy who ends up getting kicked, you know. <laughs> kicked in the jukebox in the face so just overall just a wonderful scene really helps along uh, with the I, I guess with this movie and it, it really doesn't hurt too you know just seeing you know Amanda Seyfried Rachel McAdams uh Lindsay Lohan and Lacey Schubert Lacey Schubert yeah yeah you know, just dancing in in you know a nice nice skimpy Santa outfit and it's also worth mentioning since you brought up Damien the part of where he's giving out the candy cane grams in this movie is also very enjoyable and a very quotable line. Four for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> I just love he's, he speaks very fast too. And not for Christian Wiener. <laughs> like he just walks. No for Christian Wiener. Just walks out too. Yes, four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just great. I, I love it. It, it. it just adds to, to the amazingness. And it's just like, wow, like what a great Christmas scene. And I mean, it really is. It's a movie that I think both 
<laughs> like guys like it's a popular movie mean girls i think it's well done oh yeah it's always amazing and i always seem to watch it you know one once every like probably like two three months i i just love watching it and it's an amazing movie i still enjoy watching it and you know i mean that i, I bet that helped develop our crush on uh, Lindsay lohan i know it started with probably the parent at least for the parent for me the parent trap but this helped really solidify it oh, like yeah, my god what an attractive lady Oh yeah, it's, well for this like this movie I feel like was prime Lohan and then yeah and it was all downhill from there for her <laughs> yeah absolutely I didn't want to say that but I mean unfortunately that's you know the case yeah that's what that's what it is in any event <laughs> I mean that's like I mean it's a good movie, great movie. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, I mentioned it earlier uh, let's so let's talk about it it was gonna be on my list trading places. Uh, this is a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I, I, I that may be bold, but I love this movie every time it's on. Uh, you got a great cast of Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and I mean, it's a fantastic. They have like a Christmas party scene, and they basically once again taken Eddie Murphy's character off the streets and made him like an executive for their company. They've taken Dan Aykroyd's character, who was an executive for their company, and like kind of threw him out of his house and put him on the street and stuff and so now he's got like this like dingy santa claus beard and dingy santa claus suit going on and now he just basically is at the christmas party to steal food and drinks and stuff and also pretends to plant drugs in eddie murphy's desk <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that they did to try and get uh him in trouble so they tried to do it to him too or then after i tried to flip the script but no one was buying it so then he just like leaves with like a gun and then they like uses the gun to like steal like a salmon that he shoves into his shirt. Yeah, watch the Santa beard. Yeah, exactly. Watching him eating the eat that like salmon or that beef, it's just like, oh my god, it looks like it's like happy. Like it's just like, oh. And it's like in this really disgusting Santa outfit too. Like it's just like completely disgusting, but it's yeah. completely enjoyable as far as with that. Right. And once again, this is a fantastic movie. It's set around the holidays. It's so good. Oh, it is amazing. I I love I love Trading Places. It's uh, an amazing movie. And yeah, watching. I mean, I know it's technically you know kind of around the new. It's like you know, there's like a New Year's Eve part two. You know, right. with, obviously with the Paul Gleason character. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just watching that Christmas scene is amazing. Yeah, and watching Dan Aykroyd in a really really filthy santa suit it's really funny and just watching him eat that meat it it's just so always amazes dirty. me like the suit is so dirty yeah the suit is so dirty and it's just like oh like he's just eating it and like just complete sadness yeah <laughs> he's like stole it. he's eating it on the bus like <laughs> i know it's just like he's just such a sad pathetic man yeah <laughs> watching him eat it i mean it's just and it's just always gross but it's always funny and then like and then, like, the part at the Christmas party, too, where, like, Dan Aykroyd's holding him hostage. Like, Eddie Murphy's about to just call security, and then he, like, Dan Aykroyd pulls the gun, and he's like, hey, security, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aykroyd pulls the gun on him. He's like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, it's just overall a great movie. I need to watch it. I haven't I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I always remember that scene. And that and the, uh, the ending scene, which I'm, I don't understand stocks, but I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have seen Trading Places probably 20 times in my life. 
I still have no idea what they did to make that work. I still don't know either. I, I, I know it's like, I know they tried to move some stuff to try to make things happen, you know, to kind of manipulate the stock market, but you know, but it's just like, I still don't know how, how, you know, those guys ended up being poor and those guys were like the richest people ever. It's just like, yeah. huh, I guess we're, 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 obviously we're not bankers or stock market people. So we right. don't know. Well, if anyone watching this knows what happened, please explain that in the comments below. Cause I, I really, I really need to, get the understanding of that yeah it's st i still doesn't understand me i i didn't understand it as a kid and i still don't understand it as an adult right <laughs> i know like i mean obviously like they're trying to drive the price up so that then like the i don't know so then the dukes lose money somehow because they keep buying i don't know yeah i i don't know either <laughs> and they manipulated it you know to make the you know the fruit taste you know thing happen i i just don't know but you don't need to understand it to enjoy it Yes, I don't. But it's a, still an amazing movie. Watching the watching the Duke brothers get their comeuppance is always a good happy ending. Absolutely, it is. <laughs> All right. For next, for me, I'm gonna have uh, so Goodfellas. Um, obviously, you know, there's kind of like two parts to this. Obviously, um, you know, the the Christmas scene happens like right after the the Tomza heist. Really, I mean, it's just like, and you have a really really happy like Robert De Niro. Like he's just like the most happiest person in the entire world. You know, pulling off this amazing heist as far as with that, and then watching you know like the people with the you know involved in the heist. You know, buy all these elaborate things. You know, <laughs> a pink Cadillac. You know, and then obviously a mink coat. Uh, as far as with this, and then watching you know basically De Niro take a one eighty basically and just really loses stuff really i mean it, it is like an amazing scene it just it's it, some it's somehow a christmas scene because they're they're playing frosty the snowman and they're at basically a christmas party so it counts yeah it definitely counts i mean once again i mean it's it's you know kind of showing that the de niro character signs that he could just go crazy at any moment too so, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good scene. It's well done. I mean, it's one I haven't seen in a long time, so it might be one I need to revisit. Yeah, and then on top of it, too, you have uh, him getting the money and not – basically, he's telling him, you know, don't spend it on elaborate stuff. And Henry Hill goes and does basically the complete opposite, buys one of the worst trees ever. And then, obviously, they have a very happy Christmas – you know, a very Merry Christmas. You know, they're, they're spending a lot of stuff. And, obviously, he's giving jewelry to Karen – as well and they, they look like they're having a really happy happy um happy holidays to them yeah absolutely you know they stole enough to make they deserve it right yeah they deserve it you know hey we're signed in my mother's name you know where you lose it it's signed in my mother's name i just got married <laughs> well. you buy that <laughs> yeah there are worse things ever than yeah let's not try to let's not try to you know you know be let's be on the down a little bit let's not buy pink uh pink brand new cadillacs well yeah i mean but at the same time you steal the money i'm sure to spend the money so you might as well just <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree yeah they they kind of they kind of did it but you gotta figure but... out you gotta figure out exactly the line and like okay here's the deal everyone waits three months yes everyone waits three months yes before you can buy something yeah. <laughs> or if you buy a mink coat do not bring it to to the christmas party where that happens right <laughs> so that's why we need that's why we need to like steal plan our heist in september so that everyone can spend it for the holidays and buy christmas gifts exactly yeah 
FBI, yes, we don't like to steal. <laughs> no, we don't like to steal. Obviously, if we did, we'd have a lot better production quality on the show. Yeah, true. <laughs> the production quality of working class Americans. Absolutely. Of working class Americans with day jobs. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you have next? I have like the uh, like kind of Christmas carnival or whatever they called it in Batman Returns. Ooh, okay. Now, like, yeah, I don't... what's that? Yeah, good scene. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have guys like busting out of presents to attack Batman and stuff. And I mean, obviously, like, not at all a Christmas movie, but still like the Christmas elements and the Christmas decorations end up being good fighting weapons for Batman in this. And I think he whacks a guy with a candy cane and I think uses Christmas lights to tie up another one or tie up everybody at the end. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Christmas backdrop proved very good for Batman in this fighting situation. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you have the Christmas carnival, yeah, where they, everybody definitely attacks and all that, and you, get, and you see a guy, you know, get on fire due to Batman's jet engine. I guess I guess we can kind of use it as a metaphor as a Yule log or something like that if we want to add that in to the Christmas scene. Uh, that's just my, I'm going, I'm going extent with that, you know. I'm really casting a wide net on this one you sure with are. that. <laughs> uh, but, but still, all in all, yeah, it's a, it's a very good scene. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Batman Returns. I know, I know people have their fans, but I really, I'm, I much rather prefer the first Batman set over Batman Returns. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the Christmas backdrop too. And have a Batman fighting, you know, to try to, I guess, kind of save Christmas is a great idea. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Batman Returns as a movie either. Um, like I said, I think that one's like almost like, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not my favorite one of the movies. In fact, it might like, it's kind of like not even mixing in enough of the campiness of it, but like this scene is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, it definitely is uh, mine as well. Um, but yeah, just all in all, it's just a great scene. And yeah, it just adds to the whole Christmas element as well, you know, and they had the snow, as well with Gotham too. So, and just having really freaky creatures too, I guess this is kind of the inspiration too, I guess of nightmare before Christmas, I guess Tim Burton really had the idea of doing this, you know, I guess this is kind of like a predecessor to nightmare before Christmas. It kind of is. And I mean, obviously some of the guys that are attacking were wearing skulls and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it definitely is definitely kind of has that Halloween element at Christmas that he would later employ with uh, nightmare before Christmas. I agree. Yeah, it, it, it really, I mean, you could, I guess you could put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you got next? Uh, so next I have uh, the movie Better Off Dead. Um, it, it's, it, it's a very interesting movie. It's a John, uh, it's a uh, John Cusack movie uh, with Savage Steve Holland. And it's actually like really good as far as with like a Christmas scene, you know, and it's funny too. It's like, they have like this, I guess this weird, like sub weird suburbia type of Christmas thing where they have like the, they have like the TV inside the fireplace with the Yule log channel on uh, going on. And, and really the presence of, you know, I guess they're based off a of savage Steve Holland's life. I mean, it's just like he would get TV dinners for as like Christmas presents. So, you know, and that was like the case he would get, um, he would get uh, TV dinners for Christmas presents as well, you know, uh, John Cusack too. And it just, they just have these stacks of just TV dinners uh, with that as well. And then obviously you have the, you know, the, the, uh, the love interest in Monique, uh, you know, saying she's like a French exchange student. 
staying with this horrible guy, Ricky, you know, who's really kind of this outcast, social outcast type of person. And, you know, as, as a Christmas gift, you know, she gets, she gets a picture of him. And it's actually a really funny picture as well. I, I actually would want it, probably would want it framed or something like that because I'm just a weirdo like that. But I just found it funny. Um, I'll have to take your word on this one. I haven't seen it, so I can't really add in much. So yeah, and it, yeah, and he tried, and you know, there, there's several attempts of, uh, you know, I know it sounds morbid, but there's like attempts where him, where he's trying to like kill himself, you know, because because his girlfriend broke up with him. So and so he tried to kill himself with like with exhaust from the car, and he accidentally uh drives it backwards and ends up breaking the garage door there it's like a running gag where the garage door keeps getting uh broken up so yeah but it's overall a great christmas scene i know it sounds weird that me explaining it but it's like you really have to watch the movie to really kind of get the tone uh as far as with this christmas scene and i i just really enjoy it excellent i mean like i said i haven't seen this one so i can't weigh in but i mean you know that's what the holidays are all about, finding the enjoyment and stuff. So if you're digging this movie, you know, I might have to check it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I dig it. And it's amazing. And it, it, it actually, it's a great, they actually have a great non-sports scene in a, in a or a great sports scene in a non-sports movie. There, there's an amazing ski, uh, ski going, uh, or a ski competition going on at the end of the season, at the end of the well, That's always good to have, too. Yep. So we have that. Yeah. And then it's a team movie, I guess, in a way. So it just checks all the boxes, huh? Yep, it just checks everything. <laughs> what do you have next? Um, up next, I have the caroling scene in the Adams family. And it's kind of during the opening credits, but once again, I think it's funny because they have like the Christmas carolers come visit them. And then like you just see the camera pan up to them on the roof getting ready to dump some hot stuff and a cauldron on top of them to scare them away. <laughs> I mean, there's not really much to this scene other than that, but I mean, it is funny. Yeah, and it's just uh, you know just finding the way of the cookiness that was the Adams family, and just and really, I mean, it was a great movie uh, to be a part of. I, I loved I loved the first one, and I really enjoyed the second one too. I mean, they were just good, you know, kind of good uses of the movie, you know. And I just feel like the cast is really good too. Absolutely, great cast. I think it's well done. And I haven't seen it in a while, but I always remember that scene of them dumping the stuff on the carolers. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, <laughs> I know, hey, sometimes, you know what, a good scene just happens to be, you know, like that, a opening sequence where they're dumping, uh, <laughs> where they're trying to dump stuff on carolers. And it doesn't have to be anything more than that. Nope, it doesn't have to be. Nice, what do you got next? Uh, next, another Tim Burton, uh, another Tim Burton movie, and that's uh, Edward Scissorhands. Absolutely. Yes, uh, you know, obviously a good, uh, good piece, you know, with Edward Scissorhands as well, and that you know, obviously there's a Christmas party involved, you know, that's in, in the holiday spirit, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, a Christmassy theme too is when Edward, you know, kind of working the ice sculpture using his uh, kind of scissor hands, and then obviously there's just like a bunch of snow and seeing Renata Ryder kind of dancing around too uh, in, in the snow so it just it really kind of brings out really the holiday spirit i guess in a way even if you, you do hang out with a creature who has scissors for hands yeah absolutely i mean there's a certain level of like i mean that's kind of the charm of the whole movie is uh him kind of embracing this stuff and i mean really he uh he really you know kind of embraces the christmas spirit and i think that's so well done yeah, he braces it. He loves it. And, 
He, he, I bet he does make a good ice sculpture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks fantastic. So that was <laughs> awesome. I mean, if he cut, if he can cut good hair, I guess he can uh, be good with ice sculptures. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you have next? Up next, I kind of have uh, one over the cuckoo's nest because it's not a Christmas movie. Ooh. It has a really good Christmas scene where, like, all the people in the mental hospital kind of have this, like, human moment where they all get to celebrate Christmas together and actually kind of have, like, this brief moment of levity in this, like, super dark and kind of sad movie. I'll have to take your word for it. I've actually never seen, like, One Flew Over's Cuckoo's Nest. So, yeah, yeah I'll, have to take your, I'll have to take your word for it uh, as far as with that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it just really kind of brings the spirit of Christmas. Like, even though, yeah, they're yeah. in a mental institution, you know, they're still kind of celebrating it and they're being together. Right, absolutely. And they're all kind of, like I said, having that moment where they smile and stuff. And actually kind of enjoy the moment so it's it's nice to see it it is it's a it, it's an amazing it's i guess it's good man i again i've never seen it but the way you describe it yeah that sounds very christmasy and i mean it's i mean obviously jack nicholson is great in it i mean it's like i said it's it's one you've almost got to uh i mean i don't know that like i've watched it once it's not something i feel like i need to watch again because like i feel like once you've seen it like it's uh you know it's one of those ones like you're not just rewatching it for fun yeah uh yeah we'll have to uh see with that yeah yeah it, it, you know i mean it's just a great movie uh, it sounds like it's a great movie i know it's a all-time classic with some people as well and jack nicholson is amazing i guess i'll, I'll guess i'll have to check it out sometime sometime I sometime yeah <laughs> Uh, for, okay, next for me, I have the scene from Toy Story. Uh, obviously, there's the end uh, to the first Toy Story. Obviously, Woody and Buzz, uh, they come together, become friends. Uh, really, they become best buddies and all that. And then, uh, and then obviously, there's an ending scene now as well, where there's a there's a you know Christmas scene. It's Christmas time now, you know. And obviously, there's the this is with the army guys looking at what the presents are so they can tell all the other toys so other toys won't get jealous obviously you have a you have a great thing too with mr potato head getting a mrs potato head so that's always good and then yeah then uh having woody just describe to buzz if oh are you gonna get jealous now he, he may not be andy's favorite toy that type of thing so buzz wasn't worrying and then uh we found out that they get a puppy that andy gets a puppy absolutely that one's always a good one <laughs> and it's just great too just seeing all the pixar virtual snow going down too so it's always a good uh thing to have well that one i mean is really one of the best chris or one of the best movies in general it's such a great film and i mean it is it is fantastic yeah just an overall a great film and just having a fun christmasy type of scene to, i guess they really kind of end it really puts the bow on top of this uh perfect movie it does <laughs> what do you have next i mean i don't really have a lot more the one that i was thinking of i think is my last one right now i mean it's not a great christmas scene but yeah it's in the movie rocky obviously and a lot of the rocky movies have like a certain uh christmas element to them because right. in rocky four like the fights on christmas and but in like the first movie like obviously him and adrian are enjoying her christmas together and of course polly has to be a dick and ruin it yeah, Polly does. Yeah, he has to be like a drunken dick and get like jealous because, you know, Rocky is, <laughs> you know, Adrian's actually fallen in love with Rocky instead of like, oh, you know, why can't I, why can't I find a wife or something like that? I mean, that, that's just, 
that's just you know yeah Paulie just being a jealous douchebag like he like he is in most of the every films movie. <laughs> yeah every movie he's a jealous douchebag I guess he's not really that bad in four but yeah he's kind of a dick yeah he's not yeah he is kind of, yeah he's not that he, I mean he is kind of a dick in four too where he's complaining you know where they're, oh, they're yeah. you know they're done with it you know it's like oh what does the thing cloud of this is detrimental to my sinuses yeah <laughs> Also him walking also him walking though walking in the snow is some of the funniest it's oh, one of the funniest stuff. Him walking in the snow. And also I think he starts really the K on movement, I guess, with the don't tread on me. He has that thing on the back. He does. I mean, but he uh, yeah, he was yeah, he was a conspiracy theorist before he was before it was cool. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. Paulie started the tea party. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he probably did. We gotta get these guys out of here. <laughs> these freaking bums, they're everywhere. These freaking Democrat bums, they're everywhere. Asking me to give me my money. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, obviously. I the meat packet plant because of them. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, you know, that helps too as well. You know, and yeah, and the fight taking place on Christmas. So I think people forget about that. Before, yeah. Rocky Four, yeah, that you know that fight takes place on Christmas. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, is there a worse time though for a fight? I mean, I mean, I guess we Why probably would have watched it. Christmas, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it's yeah, Christmas time. Yeah, maybe maybe like the day after Christmas or something like that. Unless Christmas fell on like a Saturday or a Sunday around yeah, that time. I, mean, I guess maybe if it's like this year and it falls on on Saturday, maybe, but. Although I'm looking up the 1985 calendar right now, when it when did Christmas fall under? <laughs> but in any event, Paulie is just a douche, and so he ruins the uh, Christmas. But um, I'm looking it up. Oh no, no, no! I know this is hard hitting uh, analysis. Hard hitting right analysis. In any event. I also don't so, know why you have Christmas. Uh, Christmas fell on a Wednesday that year in 1985. Oh yeah, that, you can't have that. You can't have a big fight on a Wednesday. Yeah, you can't have a big fight, even though yes, it is on Christmas, and yes, it's between basically Rocky Balboa and like really this humongous, amazing Russian guy. Yeah, you can't have the fight on on a Wednesday, even yes, it, even though yes, it was on Christmas. That fight would have taken place on a Saturday. It would have been yeah. And also, it was exhibition because then Rocky have to like give up the title to go fight him for some reason. Yeah, he had to give it up the title. I mean, it's just crazy. It wasn't for the belt. I know it wasn't. It was just literally for pride too, and it's like no money too. It's like you're not getting any money for this. Well, someone made money. It was televised. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody. People. Made, yeah, some people actually. Pro- you're right. Probably some people actually did make money. Someone made money on it. I don't know if Rocky with his CTE did, but <laughs> I know he just really, really wanted to fight Drago. <laughs> like it just. <laughs> I mean, it just. I know it's like wow. He really, really so wanted to fight Drago that it was in Russia with no money, and it's on Christmas on a Wednesday that year. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, that is just like the worst time to really. Right. <laughs> that's a really. You're right. That's the worst time to have a fight. Right. Hey, kids, we just finished opening presents. I want to watch Brocky beat up this Russian guy. <laughs> I Don't mean, it's just, toys in the other room. I mean, it's funny too because it's like I, I guess we're in Moscow, okay? You know. Right. 
Which, to be fair, I don't know what the Russian tradition of Christmas is. Yeah. Or how strictly they follow it. Maybe maybe that's the best day to fight in Russia. I don't know. Okay, in Russia, it, is, uh, it takes place in Moscow, too. So, uh, yeah, so it looks like it's uh, eight hours ahead for people in New York. So, obvi- so obviously, in Eastern time zone. So, it takes place 10 hours from here because we're in Colorado. I mean, where, when are they having like this fight? At 7 a.m. Yeah, what are they having this fight? Like, it's crazy. It looks like it's at night, you know, according to, you know, seeing the scene with the, with the kids. But how can it like, be both at night in Russia and at night in the U.S.? I can't. So, obviously, the fight took place on the 26th, I guess. You know, the fight took place on the 26th in Russia. And I guess that they want, like, an eight, yeah. But really, really, if they... I mean, it really, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, seriously, yeah, it's usually probably, it's probably in the dark watching it because it's probably four a.m. in this time. <laughs> You're right, yeah, because I mean, if they wanted to get like an eight p.m. or like a nine p.m. like Eastern Eastern time, I mean, seriously, I mean, they they're they're fighting the it. Russians yeah, you're right. That the Russians wouldn't start it for it to start it at a convenient time for us. Yeah, the fight takes place on the twenty. I guess the fight does the fight take place on Christmas, uh, you know, in Moscow, or does it take place at Christmas, you know, in like the United States area, you know? Right. Yeah. So technically, maybe it could be Christmas Eve. His son's probably wondering where Santa is. That's probably why he's up watching the fight. <laughs> the robot was the Santa, you know that the that's robot a, that, that robot. The robot was Santa. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, yeah, just looking at it. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's eight hours. That's I mean, a good it's just, point, yeah. I've never really thought about that and why the fight was on Christmas. And that means, like I said, you'd have to wake up at Christmas morning to watch the fight here in the U.S. Okay, so let's just, you know, yeah, let's just assume, yeah, it's probably 8 a.m. Mos- or 8 p.m. Moscow time. On a Wednesday in Moscow time, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't 8 a.m. on a Wednesday in Moscow No, 8 p.m. I'm thinking, okay, let's see. Let's they were hosting probably, it. They hosted it at 8 p.m. Moscow time. 8 p.m. Moscow time on Christmas. Okay, so we're, we're okay. having that. Actually, probably 8 p.m. by the time the undercard was done. Yeah, but do you think there was an undercard? What was the undercard? I really want to know. Was it like a was it like a showcase between two like boxers or something? Is there an undercard to this fight? I don't think there's an undercard. Yeah, it was a Tommy Gunn versus whoever like the Russian equivalent of Tommy Gunn was. <laughs> Boris 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 the Shankov. You know that's what it is. Tommy Gunn versus <laughs> Tommy Gunn versus Boris, aka Forty Seven Sakovsky. <laughs> no, no, here you go. No, it's Clubber Lane against <laughs> Carlos. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's Clubber Lane against Sergey, Sergey the Bear, <laughs> knock off a chop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the fight takes place at, yeah, probably 8 p.m. We, we assume 8 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> Moscow time. Right. He so says, 10 well, hours. Difference? Yeah. So, yeah, the fight would take place at 10 a.m. on Christmas, like if it was here. And then it would take place so at it's noon. 15 hours, right? No, it's eight hours. For Mos- eight hours it's eight hours, hours, yeah, from the Eastern time zone. So it's 10 hours. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it would take place at like 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. here. Or no. Yeah. Well, if it says I want to watch a fight like 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, Christmas morning. You're right. It's one of those, hey, kids, get get the, we're done with presents. Now time to watch Rocky. Oh, now we've just gone into such a deep dive on plot holes, and I love it. 
<laughs> hey, Santa came, kids. He's he bought you the Rocky Drago fight. Yeah. <laughs> it cost me fifty bucks on pay per view to sit down and watch it. Just <laughs> sit down and watch this. <laughs> Screw this! It's a wonderful life. We're watching. Screw you, Gritch. I'm watching Drago. Charlie Brown can wait. <laughs> Goodbye, Bedford Falls. It's time for Moscow. It's time for the mow down in Moscow. <laughs> I'm watching the Italian Stallion versus Death from Above. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a bloody fight. I'm dreaming of a fight Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, I I I get this this is it. Yeah, we've we've gone off the rails. Oh, you know, you knew we would. You you know we would yeah it took I mean we we were pretty good for you know obviously we we recorded two podcasts today so obviously we did good for the bowl preview but yeah we went off the rails so I guess when it's ten p.m. it's time to go off the rails now that we're already off the rails um, what about the movie Just Friends where do you, do you think that's a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie have you seen that movie you know what I've never seen the movie and I'm a and I'm a humongous Ryan Reynolds fan I love Ryan Reynolds. I love him and everything he does. Um, well, then you need to watch it. Then I need to watch it. Yes, I guess I need. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna check. Just I'm gonna see if it's on any of these. Yeah, because I love because I love him in uh you know he's in because I love him he's in waiting. I love okay it's on it's on Netflix okay so I can watch it. Oh yeah, you gotta watch that. Watch that movie and especially okay. if guy who has brothers. Like I'm sure you're gonna love the dynamic between Ryan Reynolds and his brother throughout the whole movie okay yes i i will enjoy that and i'm a big amy smart fan too i like amy smart yeah, as amy well smart. yeah she's really good she's, she's really good it. not and not because really i mean you, you know you got to you know obviously her award-winning performance in crank Two high voltage you know <laughs> that doesn't help me as well you know that does help me as well but <laughs> but yeah i will i will i will have to watch it as well you know okay. coming next week where she's just friends review Yes, that that that's going to be the basis of this. And we will uh, debate whether or not Just Friends is a Christmas movie. That's that is true. Yes, uh, I, we will debate it as well. I mean, it's just same with. Uh, I, I guess I guess the same goes as well. I mean, it's just you know. I mean, I you know I was kind of listening to the, you know obviously cozy. You know they have the cozy one hundred and one here. It's a local radio station here in Colorado. They have you know they play all they play christmas music all the time around this time and i watched uh, and i was listening uh and they had dan fogelberg same old lane zon on okay and it, it always irritates me because people consider it a christmas you know song but it's just like and there's some people who consider that a christmas song but not die hard a christmas movie and i feel like I feel like seriously, if you consider that a Christmas song, you got to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie because literally all they mentioned is that it takes place on Christmas Eve, and they mentioned snow twice. That's that's it. Right, and that's like, it. I mean, like I said, I mean, once again, 
It's about reuniting with your family on Christmas. That's the whole point of the movie. And if you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then you're not absorbing the lesson of Die Hard. That it, family is the most important thing, not your pride, uh, not you know, getting jealous of your wife's career. It's family. And then you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark if you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it, it's all about family. Yeah, I mean, we... Together yeah. That's the whole goal of the movie, is him reuniting with his family. He's reuniting with his family. He just has to fight an all-star team of European terrorists. That's all. Right. You know, in his bare how, feet. How is it any different than Home Alone, where he's having to fight off two thieves to reunite with his family? It's, it's not. It's the same. same. It's the same. Yeah. Same. It's the same. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, yeah, I mean, we, you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. There is. I mean, whoever, who people yeah. don't know, you know what? There's, there's just no stupid questions, just stupid people. Exactly. Really, that that that's just the case. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed our time, you know, and, and enjoyed talking about, you know, the the time zones of Moscow, Russia, for our, <laughs> our Rocky Four fight. <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything that you, any um, Christmas movies or non-Christmas scenes, non-Christmas movie scenes that you didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? Uh, there, there is one I, uh, that we kind of left out, and that, and that's the scene from Step Brothers. Ah, uh, yeah, with uh, yeah. yeah, other, yeah, other, but I, I just feel like you know that Rocky Four thing was kind of the end. <laughs> that's why I personally felt like. But Step Brothers is really funny. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, when they get the whole cans and they're <laughs> acting really childish with the whole cans, and then obviously oh, it's funny too when they have the second sleepwalking scene and they're chucking the presents all out. I mean, it was just all on a good callback to a funny joke. It is absolutely. I mean, that movie's hilarious. And I mean, the uh, the comedic chemistry between uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell is fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic, and it's really. I guess it's really kind of a shame. I mean, they did like one more movie together and that's it. Like, well, they did the Sherlock Holmes movie, which I mean, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, it really I, is I a like shame. Talladega Nights a little better than I like Step Brothers. I like Talladega Nights better. I like, I like both. They're both very funny and it's just really just a shame that they did really get yeah, that Sherlock movie. And that's really kind of it. They really haven't done anything else. I wish they would do probably maybe one more movie. I feel like there's one more like, kind of in him in him type of good movie same with like owen wilson and vince vaughn because i watched uh the internship and i watched uh wedding crashers and yeah the internship the, is a vastly underrated movie it is vastly underrated it's really funny like it's, it's just a very good movie it is a very good movie like usually when i work out when i and, and i do like 30 minutes of cardio i like to watch a movie and yeah i i was kind of this vince vaughn you know owen wilson uh kick because i've to be I, really, to be honest, I've never seen Wedding Crashers until like this year. What? No, it's crazy. Yeah, I've never seen Wedding Crashers until what? this year. I know. I wow. finally saw it. It's an amazing movie. I love it. It's very funny. And then, yeah, it made me want to see the internship. I I see. I remember seeing it on cable, and so I got to see like, and I got to see like the non-cable. I got to see the actual movie. And my God, what a glorious movie! It's fantastic. I mean, I like the this you know. This part where they teach, I mean, the young kids to party and obviously, but I mean, they still are like, you know, good leaders for that group of kids. And it worked out. It was hilarious. I like the internship. That one doesn't get enough love. Obviously, Wedding Crashers gets a ton of love. And I love Will Ferrell. We'll have to do another list because Will Ferrell and Wedding Crashers is like one of the best, like just all time 
guys who's just in like one or two scenes in the movie really just making the movie yeah exactly yeah i mean wedding crasher does does that I mean, I guess we could do like just like a Vince Vaughn list, you know, just Vince Vaughn movies where they have like the one scene where it just where this one guy just completely tears the scene apart and it's amazing. You know, obviously in Dodgeball too with the Lance Armstrong scene. I mean, yeah, even though, yeah, Lance Armstrong's a little bit dated now, now that he's kind of, you know, he's kind of come out and like said he's cheated. But I mean, just think about it in the moment. It really was one of the funniest effing scenes in that movie. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. Where are you dying of? You know, I mean, it's really funny. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know it's aged a little bit bad, you know, because of all the scandal that's going on. But it's just, you know, at the moment, my God, that was the one of the funniest oh, so cameos funny. ever. So funny, it is. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just overall, just yeah, and you'll hear Bushy's review on Jess Friends uh, next week. Do it. I will. I'll it. watch it. I'll I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow. I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, and you know I'm a big oh. Amy Smart fan. Give, just give, just give me that. If you love Ryan Reynolds, you're gonna love Just Friends. Okay, good. I know. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of his, and yeah. Oh, he's so good. I guess we need to watch Free Guy then. Oh, I'll watch that too. That's very good. <laughs> you seen it too? Yeah. Oh man, see, I'm not I'm not with it with the kids when it comes to movies, you know. Hey, man. I thought that looked hilarious. I went and saw it. It was great. Another good one. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I then, found uh, it. There, I, just... uh, I did think of one more Christmas scene in a non-Christmas movie. And that was uh, in uh, Catch Me If You Can, where he goes to arrest him on Christmas. And that one has a couple of Christmas scenes. but Yeah, it's just kind of back and forth. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I feel like, yeah, we, we ended great with Rocky Four and just talking about, you know, just the amazing plot holes when it comes to, when it comes to that, when it comes to that yeah. fight. That fight being. You're right. I'm really kind of curious now. What's the, un, what, what's the undercard, you know? Right. What is the undercard? What is the undercard? I don't think well, there's, another, like I don't think there's any more American guys. fighters. I think it's a Czechoslovakian against a, against a Soviet Union guy. And then oh, some okay. guy for, Yeah. It's Pete the Swede uh, Varnson against uh, yeah Alexi, the uh, Russian bear, Sarov. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's just, uh, yeah. Or it's like, oh man, yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah, some East German, and it's like a women's competition too. So it's like East German women. <laughs> so you know these big burly women, they go fighting each other. Yeah, they're like the female Drago. <laughs> was she that good of a swimmer too you know obviously you know this was kind of a weird arranged marriage i guess kind of in a way like how do they meet how does drago and his wife meet together like we're well, part of the soviet sports program Olympian, so they go out and met at olympic training yeah they could have yeah you're right they probably could have met but, but it's just like he never like, speaks especially to... back in those days russia like they oh, yeah. didn't even let them out of the training facility so you probably had yeah. to meet who was else who else was in the training facility but you figure, I figured they probably separated the, the, the men and the women, you know? I mean, obviously, they probably put them in, like, separate camps, you know? Was it, like, a secret forbidden love? I want that. I want a, I want a Drago backstory now. I'm really kind of curious now. I want a Drago backstory. You want a Drago prequel? I want a Drago prequel now. Yeah. Through they really missed the ball on that. Drago 2. <laughs> yes. You, you know, what, how, does he, how does he attract, you know, obviously, you know, the girl? You know, does he come up, I like you. 
<laughs> oh yeah, now I yeah. want I want a movie where Drago has a spit game. <laughs> that would be great. It's a spit game, you know. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> and he only say he only has to say like four or five words. <laughs> oh yeah, it says like fifty three words in the whole movie. I think. <laughs> Go get beer. <laughs> <laughs> Make love to me. I got these steroids for us to split. Drago. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna get a little dirty. Okay, Drago. What happened? If I came, I came. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm out. Uh, that's the end with Bushy's mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Thank you. If you made it to the end of this episode, you were rewarded with that mic drop moment. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, I, once we get done with our sudden death sequel, that's what we got to write. We got to write the Drago backstory. Drago prequel. <laughs> the Drago prequel. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, the sudden death sequel coming in 2023. The Drago prequel. Be on the lookout for that in 2025. 2026. We're gonna we're gonna really extend this. Yeah, we probably are. <laughs> oh, geez. It's not like you and I have the abundance of free time to just sit down and write a movie. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we we yeah, the abundance of free time, and then probably some a little bit of extra substance exactly. <laughs> but in any event uh yeah that was that was awesome I came up. <laughs> that's it just it just came to me it came to me i was yeah. just like oh this is beautiful yep that is the high note to end all high notes <laughs> thank you for watching this episode happy holidays merry christmas we hope you enjoyed the show and hope you uh join us again uh, next week all right, thank you. Peace. Merry Christmas, folks. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the SP and Bushy Show. This podcast was created by Sean Pooley and Stephen Bush. Intro was created by Zach DeMose. For more content, please visit our Twitter at SPBushy and our YouTube page at Sean Pooley. We thank you again for listening.